Hi, I'm PJ Vogt, here to tell you about my podcast called Search Engine, voted one of the best new podcasts by Time Magazine, Vogue, and The Economist. We answer fascinating questions about business, tech, and history. Questions like, who should be in charge of artificial intelligence? Or, how did ADHD medication get so popular so fast? Listen and follow Search Engine with PJ Vote and Odyssey Podcast. Available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Front and center this week. Chaos ensued yesterday, but nothing actually happened. The day before, you had Verlander coming off the weekend where DeGrom left. Trey Turner. I mean, there have been some little ones here or there. Jameson Tyone, as Fleegs mentioned before, Marco just mentioned now. He's off the board as he goes to the Cubs. Thank goodness. Didn't want to see him in New York anymore. Hey, look, he was good with the Yanks. Solid with the Yanks. I shouldn't say good. He was solid with the Yanks. I I didn't think he was good enough for the Yankees. I'm not going to think he's good enough for the Mets. Yanks needed to do better. And maybe they're going to look to replace him in that rotation with Carlos Rodon. That's what the Yankees should be doing. And the Mets, maybe they could go out and get Kodai Senga. Or maybe bring back Bassett and then fill out their rotation. Then the fun begins. And look, Nimmo and Judge are going to be two major chips to fall here. Once those guys, really once one of them goes, then you would expect the other to come right off. And both, of course, yet again, Mets and Yankees. Can't remember a time where it's been like this. I mean, there have been times where the Mets and Yankees, now you're going back many years. Many years when the Mets were a top player in the free agent market. Think about how long ago that was, though. Last time the Mets were really involved, you know, B.C., before Cohen. Last time they were involved in top-tier free agents, you're talking about 2009, the last time the Yankees actually went to and won a World Series. It's a long time ago. I guess in 2014, that was when the Mets signed Bartolo and Granderson. Those weren't the top-tier guys. That was just like, hey, can we actually sign some decent players now? And maybe compete. Oh, and guess what? They did. Going into the World Series in 2015. But the last time you had this type of action with these two teams and the amount of free agents that each team has, I mean, DeGrom and Judge alone make it a huge deal. Then the Mets lose DeGrom, sign Verlander. Nimmo's on the board. Both interested. The Mets and Yankees are interested in Nimmo. Judge might be leaving. I mean, it's just it's crazy few days. Vince is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Vince? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. It's time in the morning. Listen, uh, you had a call earlier just stole my thunder about the entire uh, situation I was thinking about. How does Cashman get signed to his contract before he... He closes out this deal with, with, with Judge or anybody else in, in, in the in the lead that they need to have. Um and this has left the door open for Cohen and them to jump on Judge. And uh I really don't think they're gonna let the Mets are gonna let Nimmo go. Uh, uh that's about as much as I can say. I guess they they short up their pitching and if the if the Yankees don't get Judge, there's always other ways to spend this $400 million that they're going to spend on this guy, okay? Thanks for taking my call. You well, have who? Who, though? Uh, you tell me, listen, there's a waiver wire, there's free agents out there. Yeah, but you nobody hit 60 home runs. I mean, that's the point. You yeah, like you that's going to happen again? Well, it's I mean, who's going to hit you? Who's going to hit you 50? Who's going to hit you 50 and win the MVP? you got other players out there. Who? Who? 
That's the, that's the point, Vince, and I appreciate you checking in. Thank you for the call, but who? There's nobody that's going to replace Aaron Judge. Like I said, I wouldn't expect Aaron Judge to replace Aaron Judge next year. Odds are he's not going to have an MVP season where he hits 60 home runs. Doesn't mean he can't. But let's just say the 50 home runs. Where are you replacing that? Where are you replacing the caliber of player that Aaron Judge is? Where are the Yankees getting that? It's not Brandon Nimmo. Who's the other guy? What are the other options? There isn't. It would leave a massive hole. Right, so you can say that there are guys out there, but who are they? And I'm not saying you got to look up and know the know the list because I don't either, right? It's not our job. I'm not scouring the, the free agent market, but we did have a list of guys, and Fleegs and I would talk about it. You know, Mitch Hanniger was a bat that was a power bat that could maybe be a guy that could hit 20-something home runs. He's off the board. He goes to San Francisco. You can't even look at good – I mean, there are no good options. There are basically no center fielders aside from Kevin Kiermaier. Nimmo's not even a real center fielder. There is no power – as far as the outfield goes, that's why we bring go back to Conforto. I mean, Michael Conforto, you know what? Maybe somebody should pay him. I'd rather take a chance on him than some of the other options that are out there. Because he's at least the guy that can hit 25 home runs, assuming he's healthy. That's what makes Judge even more so extremely valuable. If you're going to overpay Brandon Nimmo because there are no center fielders on the market... Well, Aaron Judge should get even more than the 360 because there's nobody that can come close to his power bat that's available. Seth is calling from Scottsdale, Arizona. What's up, Seth? Hey, Sal. Just kind of walking through an idea, kind of talking out loud. So sure. To hear your... uh, we clearly understand that from a baseball manager's perspective, or I should say from a team's perspective, Dealing with a 30-year-old free agent versus a 25-year-old free agent is different in terms of years, mm-hmm. right? The Yankees, for, the Yankees were the first seven years, a guy like Judge, they always want those extra couple of years, the Pujolses and the Cabreras, because they feel like they're going to get paid on a couple of years where maybe their performance is going down. But how come, and I know it's not apples to apples with regular Joe Schmoes like ourselves, but if I said to a radio host or a restaurant guy like myself or a banker, and I offered you a million dollars over five years or a million dollars over three years, what would you what 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 would we all prefer, and what would we all say yes to? You mean are you talking about a million dollar total value? Yeah, yeah. If I if I offered you a million dollar contract, Sal, to be on the fan for the next five years or for the next three years, which would you say yes to? Well, I don't. I mean, I would. Why wouldn't I take the three? Exactly. So that's where I'm going with this. So, like, how come a player like Judge wouldn't want? to be able to accrue, or I should say earn, the same amount of money over less years. That way, at 37, if they're still producing well, they'll end up getting another two-year contract, which would actually make, let's call it $360 million contract now. Now you get another $20 million, call it, per year at the end. You actually end up making more money in total value over the nine years. But, you were to break but you're getting it guaranteed now. So a lot can happen with a professional athlete over the course of seven years, sure. let's just say. So why not okay. get that guaranteed now? And yeah, maybe in seven years, if you perform at the highest of levels, and that's why players have opt-outs in their contracts, right? Well, there's going to be an opt-out after year two or after year five, because if I'm playing really well, I'm going to yeah. opt out and go make more money and kind of redo this contract. And maybe those right. are things that Judge is talking about. But that's why anytime. You can get guaranteed years, which lead to more money. In your scenario, yeah, three years at $1 million or five years at $1 million, uh, Of course, I would take the three years at $1 million. Right. But, but if, yeah. if, it were, if it were more money for five years, if it were uh, you know, $2 million or whatever it is for six years, would I rather take that or the one year for three? I'm taking the $2 million for six right now, even though I could potentially yeah, outperform but- my, the first three years. But what I'm saying is, what if I guarantee Judge the exact same amount of money that he wants over seven versus over nine? It's guaranteed. You're well, then, that then, then I don't think it makes a difference. Then I think you would take it. You would take See, what? well, Trey Turner, use Trey Turner as an example, right? Because okay. he yeah. he got, first of all, he turned down bigger money to come right. to Philadelphia. But clearly, with the way that contract was, $300 million for 11 years, 
he wanted the $300 million. It wasn't about the amount of years. It was a matter of how are you getting me to $300 million? And for the Phillies, they'd rather do it over the course of 11 years. And that's how you end up with that. Otherwise, he could have gotten more money per year and only done it for nine years or something like that. But Philadelphia felt like they'd rather have it at 11 years, and Turner just wanted the 300. I guess I'm still not grasping that, and that's, again, why I'm, why I'm, I'm talking out loud. From a player's perspective, wouldn't you rather, just like from our perspective, right, just from a regular Joe Schmo's perspective, both numbers are guaranteed, whether it's nine years or seven in baseball or whether it's five years or three with us. You're still getting the guaranteed amount, and you have to work less. You have to work less. And then for a baseball player, those last two years, you know, we see it with all the guys. But get, but you got to give me the example. Like like Justin Verlander and Scherzer might be good examples. Those guys got three years. You know, Verlander got two. Scherzer got three at $43 million a year. Higher average, shorter contract. But you're not going to pay Judge that much money per year that high for that amount of time. Why, why, why wouldn't they? Because the Yankees would then be out. They'd be out from underneath them. On that eighth and ninth year, right? But it's I more. Guess, it's it's more per year, so it goes sure. on, on the books each year. Where a lot of teams want to defer this stuff and spread it out, so it helps right. per year for your um, your payroll that particular year. What they obviously with the tax penalties as well. Right, right. No, and, and I thought about that clearly. Instead of paying, you know, whatever the number was, let's say it was twenty million a year. Now you're paying twenty three million for less years. But think about it on the back end. Wouldn't you rather be out from underneath that money? Wouldn't you rather right? But if the money if the money is the same, either way you're yeah. committing the same money. What really is the difference? So the difference so what if you so what if you'd rather be and, and and I mean look maybe it matters or something. I don't know. I can't give you these specifics other than what would be the obvious. Where we're talking about the the yeah. tax penalties yeah. and things like that. I'm not running right. the books. To me, three hundred million is spent. It's three hundred million, whether it's ten years, whether it's eight years. You're spending the three hundred million. From the player's perspective, I'd rather have all day, every day, more money, less years. That's the sure. obvious thing. Or the same money, less years. Yeah. Okay. And 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 thank you for talking to me out loud about this. But again, I'm still looking at because I know the base like the Yankees. They'd rather give them a seven year contract than a nine year contract in general, right? We agree on that because that's thirty eight and thirty nine. But again, but it's like, also they they don't want to just give them the seven year contract. Because right. they're worried by year eight and nine, they don't want to give them eight and nine because they know they're going to have to pay more to do so. If you if you told the Yankees you could have Aaron yeah. Judge for three hundred and twenty million for seven right. years, they'd uh-huh. rather do that than three hundred and sixty million for nine years. Obviously, Judge would want more money, same or less years. The team would not. Well, I guess that's the question. Do you think the Yankees could think about it? Again, it's all about that eighth and ninth year where the team doesn't look the team thinks they're gonna get a diminishing player. No, but you're you're missing you're missing yeah. the whole the whole point. Like the Giants okay. go to the ninth year, that takes the contract up, right? So the report was three sixty for nine, which is forty million per year right. over nine okay. years. Where let's say yep. the Yankees would go for forty years a uh, forty million per year to three twenty over eight years. They're not gonna do the extra year. Or they didn't want to do the extra year, unless they have to, obviously. Do you see what I'm saying or no? I'm, 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 thanks for the call, Seth. I'm, I'm confused. Please, go ahead. Come on the air. So he's saying offer like the same 360, but for a shorter time, which the reason but he's saying you know, oh, it's a no-brainer for players is because a team would never do that. If you offer Judge that same 360, but for seven years, you're paying him $51 million a year, which obliterates your ability why would to the build Yankees the rest of the team. Right? Yeah. Well, that's why, you, you know, it's not, he's saying, well, why would the player ever turn that down? They, they wouldn't. wouldn't. No team would ever and offer that, it. That's why we're an issue. That's why we had an issue. If the Yankees are, um, if Fleet Joe Mike is still on there, you could, should, I was wondering what happened. I was like, was I on? Um, you could keep it on. I just heard mine go off, and I heard yours still on, so I just want to let you know. If the Yankees wanted to give him that much money, why wouldn't they want to do it over nine years as opposed to seven? It right, this, make any this sense. is why this is just the basic part of the, you know, this is why they're in the middle trying to figure out what works because it teams, we could even say that, you know, there's an extent to, yes, the Mets did do it for guys like Verlander and Scherzer, that high money deal, but you're only doing that if it's short term. Right. What Seth is proposing, just we're not going to see teams get to that because it's bad for them. That's now putting the Yankees 
even if we just say $50 million, nice round number, $50 million to one player one year when they have to build the rest of the team and they're one of the teams that doesn't want to hit you know, maybe George it's something he would have done or something Steve Cohen would do or the Dodgers would do if there were no luxury tax penalties where they start taxing you extra on the money, taking away draft picks, taking away all, st- all that stuff. Right, but even then, but how that, does it that benefit stuff the, is there. How does it benefit the team? It doesn't. It doesn't benefit the team. But again, maybe in that universe, if, you'd see a team do something that crazy just to get a guy to come to them. But it, with the parameters that exist and the rules that exist, it's never going to happen because a team would have to be out of their minds to offer that contract. It should always be about the total value of the deal. Now, I guess that you can make the argument with Scherzer and Verlander, at their age, they're not getting a long-term commitment. Could the Mets have given Verlander three years for the same total amount? I don't know if he would have wanted to take that, whatever. But I I feel like I like it the way that it worked with the pitchers in the short term at their age. But ultimately, with a guy like Judge, it's always going to be about the total value. Judge doesn't care. That's why I referenced Trey Turner. Turner didn't necessarily care about the years. He would have done nine years, $300 million. The Phillies said the only way we could get you to $300 million for our team is to go to 11 years. Right. That's why we look at the average annual value for Turner and say, oh, wow. It's a steal. Compared, that's not that bad. $27 million a year is for his type of player. He's a $35 million player a year or whatever. $30-plus million player. However, it's over the course of 11 years. For whatever reason, Trey Turner preferred to be in Philadelphia. I'm assuming it's because he could play shortstop. Preferred to be because who who the hell would choose Philadelphia over San Diego? He chose Philly. He wanted that. But he wasn't going to sign anywhere if it were for less than $300 million. That, to me, was just obvious based on the result of the deal which was an odd one, 11 years, $300 million. Right, and like, listen, it comes down to both the player and the team have to feel like they're getting some kind of value out of the deal. So the Phillies say, all right, you know, we gave him his $300 million, but if he's still healthy and playing well at the time, we get him for 11 years. And yeah, you would say, all right, if it's only nine years, it's off the books earlier, but they're then paying him much more money over those nine years instead of the 11, so it makes it harder for them to go out and give Taiwan Walker right. 472 and all the other moves that they're making. Right, and you'd also, like to your point, rather have two years more of the player for the same amount of money. Right, if you, if I'm the team and I'm paying that money anyway... Why well, want yeah, to have him for an extra two off years? Off the books sounds great, but... I don't want to pay more in you know in nine out of the eleven years. Why am I hurting myself in nine years to only maybe benefit for two? I think that's the key point that Seth was missing. It's not about getting them off the books. It's about spending that money. The Yankees and getting them for the best value that you possibly can over the length of the contract. Right. The Yankees aren't worried about getting Judge off the books in year eight and nine. They don't want to pay him forty million a year in year eight and nine. But if they're going to have to pay that money anyway over the course of seven years, then why not just have him for year eight and nine? It doesn't make any sense otherwise. Right, because if you're paying it anyway, you'll take the chance that, all right, what if he's still good in year eight and nine? And spread it out as opposed to, as you said, top-loading it and maybe hitting that tax number uh, a little bit sooner. I I get what he was trying to say, but but ultimately there are reasons why. And if the money is going to be spent anyway, then why not have the player longer? Obviously, from a player's perspective... Yeah, if somebody's going to give you $500 million for two years or $500 million for 10 years, you'd rather take the shorter years, right? Same amount of money. Hi, I'm PJ Vote here to tell you about my podcast called Search Engine, voted one of the best new podcasts by Time Magazine, Vogue, and The Economist. We answer fascinating questions about business, tech, and history. Questions like, who should be in charge of artificial intelligence? Or how did ADHD medication get so popular so fast? Listen and follow Search Engine with PJ Vote and Odyssey Podcast. Available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Can you make your parlays pop this holiday season? 
Win some money from Vegas with the weekly parlay bonus from Superbook Sports. If you place a three-team football parlay, Superbook will give you a $10 bonus voucher. as your holiday bonus courtesy of Superbook Sports. Rack up the wins and earn some holiday cash by betting parlays with Superbook. Download the Superbook New Jersey app. Place your parlays today. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 877-337-6666. We'll get more to the football later on in the week. Although, who the hell knows what happens? If Judge... Yeah, right. If Judge signs elsewhere, and we're not going to be talking anything for a while. It's going to be like that uh, the Astros cheating scandal. This was pre-pandemic. Remember those days? I remember doing that show for weeks. It was the same thing. Astros, cheaters, blah, 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 for weeks. That was too, because it also, it broke at the worst possible time when there was nothing else going on. And it was just So there wasn't even anything we could, I mean, the Knicks were irrelevant. There was nothing we could do to get away from that topic. Yeah. No, it was just, it went on forever. With Judge, though, it would be, I mean, understandably so. And look, baseball offseason it always has legs here. And the last few weeks have been dried up, but now we expect it to be front and center, although the Jets and Giants have enormous games. Matter of fact, I was looking over the slate. Where are we at? Week 14 this week? Yeah. Week 14, looking over the slate. I haven't looked at it with the better's eye yet for the perfect parlay tournament that we have going on. We haven't. I haven't looked at it yet that way, but just looking at the games to watch this weekend. And, I mean, it's the Bills and Jets, and it is the Giants and the Eagles, and that's about it. I mean, any other games jump out of you, Fleegs? Do you look at the full slate of Week 14? The Sunday night game is a good one with the Chargers and Dolphins. Right. And it's, regardless of what the Jets do, it is a huge game for the Jets. Right. Because the Jets need the Chargers to lose. Outside of that, I mean, I don't well, think... And they... Niners-Bucks takes it. One, the Bucks stink. And two, the Niners, you know, now with Brock Purdy instead of Jimmy G, I guess you, you maybe you're interested to watch. Yeah. All right, can this team still contend for a Super Bowl? With this kid at quarterback. Right, but I guess I just look at that to your point, like the Bucs stink. So I expect the Niners to dismantle them, even with the backup quarterback. Yeah, maybe there's some intrigue there. I mean, you want to get into Sean Watson and the Browns going to Cincinnati. Maybe there are, and this is a big week for fantasy, by the way. This is the fantasy final week of the regular season, right? I'm competing for first in one league and the final. Uh, it depends on how many. I know I have leagues where there's two weeks left if. Oh, two weeks left. If there's fewer teams that make the playoffs. And a shorter playoff. Okay, right. So I'm in six playoff team leagues. So this is the last week of the regular season in fantasy. So it's a big week there. And look, the NFL is always going to be intriguing. But now we're down to it where there's a few weeks left. Like, you could weed out half the games. And a lot of the games this week just are not good matchups. Well, they're the only Sunday games outside of the night game that have winning teams. I don't don't think there's another one with two winning teams. Again, the 4 o'clock game. The Bucks are five hundred, aren't they? Aren't they six and six? Uh, They're they, six and six. They are six and six. Okay. Um, yeah, and I just remember looking. I was like, oh man, these games are lousy here this week. Like four o'clock. Not even. I mean, outside of that, uh, that one matchup potentially with the Niners and, and the Bucks. And that's just look. Brady's always going to be must watch, I guess. But uh, the Bucks are no good. You're right. Six and six maybe makes it a little bit better. Can Tampa Bay actually have a quality win? A bunch of teams on bye this week, obviously. Yeah, this is it for the bye weeks. This is it for the bye weeks. Uh, anyway, not a great slate, but we'll talk more about that later in the week. And obviously get set for Jets and, and Bills, which is an enormous game. And the Giants can Giants got to save their season here. I don't expect them to compete with the Eagles, but they got to save their season. And if they don't win this game, which doesn't seem likely, and you can say the same thing for the Jets. This may be a make-or-break weekend for both these teams. And unfortunately, it's against the two toughest opponents that they could face. Philadelphia, the best team in the NFC East, and the Bills, the best team in the AFC East. Even with their loss to Miami, I still think Buffalo has proven more. Miami had a very disappointing performance last week against those San Francisco 49ers, even without Garoppolo after he got hurt. Alex is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Alex? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. What's on your mind? Yeah, I want to know first... Um... Well, what's the cutoff for the judge contract if you're the Yankees? Like, well, at what point do you say, oh, that's too much? I don't know. I don't know where they're going to draw the line in the sand. I don't know if they can. I mean, they may have to go up to 370. Who knows? But it doesn't seem like money's going to be the issue, although I don't know how uh, that's the case because money seems to always be an issue. But, I, I, I mean, the Yankees cannot afford to lose Aaron Judge. So I don't know if they have a cutoff if they draw the line in the sand somewhere on him. But I, I don't. I don't think that they could have one. 
Agreed. Um, and if if they let Judge walk, if he goes to the Giants, um, do you see the Yankees trying to make a move for, let's say, Bogart's a pure hitter and then try to trade Volpe or the other prospects? For who? I, I don't know. Any big name try to make a push for Otani at the trade yeah, deadline? I mean, I, I think that's possible. Look, if Judge doesn't come back, anything should be possible. I mean, you think you got to have all options on the table and figure out what the hell you're going to do to try to get that that mega star. I mean, that the Yankees would clearly be lacking. They have some okay players, but they're lacking that superstar that they drafted and developed. That would be a problem. And you can't replace it in just one year. Now, maybe at the deadline, and thank you for the call, Alex, maybe at the deadline they go out there and make a major push for Otani. You know, say you sign Bogarts and you go make a major push then by trading Volpe or Peraza, or Cabrera, or whatever it would take, or the combination. That's one way to do it. Remember, though, too, you know, the Yankees and Otani would be, you know, the Yanks have Stanton as their DH locked in there. Now, I don't think that's going to prevent them from making a move at Otani. They'll figure it out. But, you know, Stanton, see, to me, Stanton was always the problem. Not that he's a problem on the field necessarily, but his contract, his limitations, it just it, it it hurts the Yankees in a lot of ways. And him and Judge offensively were redundant to a certain extent. And I hated the move of bringing him in. That, to me, was the changing of the direction of where this Yankee franchise with the Baby Bombers was going after 2017, Game 7, ALCS. They go out getting Stanton, and they just have not been the same. It's not Stanton's fault, necessarily, but the way that it prevented them from building the team out the right way, that, to me, was the issue. Now, I don't think you're going to have... Stanton's basically a full-time DH, and so is Otani. I mean, outside of the days that he pitches, he could play a little bit of the outfield, but... You're not getting, you don't want to do that often. I mean, he's not playing a lot out there. Plus, you want to make sure you keep that prize possession healthy. Tommy is calling from Long Island. What's up, Tommy? Sal, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Tommy. What's on your mind? Uh, so, a couple of weeks ago when we spoke, you probably don't remember because, you know, your schedule is crazy mm-hmm. and you can't keep track of every single call. But I said to you that I felt like Judge might not come back to the Yankees because the the Yankees started playing these games, and we talked about how they offered him uh, what was it, two hundred and something million in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Judge turned it down, and now all of a sudden he has the year he has, and you were going to offer him, you know, what they offer him like three hundred million. So, and now we know that that number is going to be way above what they talked about. Me personally, the Yankees, they put themselves in this position. And you know what? If they lose Judge, that's going to be their own fault. That's going to be they, – they put this on themselves because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you sit there and you, you turn around and you, you know, you're so concerned about cash. I felt like the, the, my cousin Vinny, the movie My Cousin Vinny, mm-hmm. remember what he says? He looks at the picture and he goes, oh, my God, this picture – this is the crack case. You, you did it. The, the yeah, you cracker. did it, honey. The case cracker. Yeah, the, Me the, in the shower. What like. You know, what is Cashman? You're worried more concerned about signing Cashman, and that's the news of the day? Are we kidding? People are signing players left and right. Yeah, that was and stupid. You know what? And as players get signed up, this is just going to make it even worse for the Yankees. And I, this, this is where I'm at with this. I, I just don't understand the, the Yankees. You have, you, you have money. Why are you even playing games? You, you, you need him. You, you nailed it. It is nobody's fault, and that's what I started the show with way back at midnight. It is nobody's fault but their own if they lose him because they should never have put themselves in this position to begin with. They played with fire, and they're on the verge of getting burnt. And, and, and to go back to uh, one of the, 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 the a few calls ago, uh, uh, I think it was the kid from Scottsdale was saying that, um, you know, you guys were talking about how they want the con- – the bottom line is clubs are going to try to get guys as cheap as they can, you know, 
for as long as they can, or, you know, if they're going to pay high, they're going to do a, a Verlander type thing where, you know, you, you have your budget for the year. That's, that's what it is. And like you said, you have a $300 million limit on a, per, on a, on a player. Okay? So what's the difference whether it's, you know, 10 years, 7 years, that's your $300 million. So your, your goal is to try to, you know, do it for as little years as possible, as little money as possible, and, and this way you shorten your, your pain if it doesn't work out. But it goes both ways, you know what I mean? And, and these owners are making a ton of money. This is why these guys want to get paid. You know, that's, that's how it works. Well, Listen, of, co- of course. Yeah, and, and thank you for the call, Tommy. I appreciate you checking right. in. Take care, bud. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. And I do remember, I don't remember the spe- specific call, but I do remember you and your voice calling whenever it was uh, that you did call. But, look, the Yankees had an opportunity. See, th- this is such a unique situation that they find themselves in. And it could have been prevented by them believing in the player. A lot of this is predicting or you know thinking ahead to what the player should be. You're projecting what he's going to be moving forward. And clearly the Yankees did not project Aaron Judge very highly prior to the year. Think about that for a second. They offered Judge before the year. This is not five years ago, three years ago. Before last season, they offered him $213 million of an extension. He's now reportedly, after one year, yes, historic year, but that's not why he's getting this type of money. He's getting it based on his career. Now the offer is 360 They bleeped up. And they're now left in the dark where they legitimately have no clue as to what Aaron Judge is thinking or doing. They don't know. They don't know wh- where he is, what he's doing, what he's thinking. They have no idea. Doesn't sound like a healthy relationship to me, does it? It sounds eerily similar to what was happening with DeGrom and the Mets. Where the Mets could say they were in contact with DeGrom's camp, but they didn't know what was going on with Jacob DeGrom. They found out after the fact. By the time they found out, DeGrom was too far down the road. Dunsky, he's going to Texas. And they were just waiting. Oh, you're getting a similar feel here. Now, still, even with all that, in my gut, I won't believe it, especially now after Heyman's report. A report that was retracted, non-report, whatever you want to call it. I don't know how you recover from that one, by the way. If you're John Heyman. Anyway, I still won't believe it until I actually see it. I wouldn't have believed it to begin with. When that report came out, I was like, oh my God, did this actually happen? And before you could really fully digest it, it was retracted. But still, even with all the signs pointing toward Judge wanting to leave, I still can't imagine somebody's going to leave the New York Yankees. A legend is going to leave the New York Yankees to go play somewhere else. And if it does, if he does leave, can't blame him. I blame the organization. And I think that's going to be the majority of people. If he leaves, they'll be angry at first, screw him, and he's going to get hurt anyway, and he's not worth that money. But ultimately, if you actually sit back and think about it after the hurt, the Yankees have nobody to blame but themselves. Sometimes it's good to talk about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. I was just reading a tweet 
from, uh, is this a tweet? I don't even know what this is. NBA Buzz? Uh, oh, this is a while ago. I don't know why it's coming up now. I'm one of my, uh, where I'm scrolling through it. Anyway, it was Durant responding to a fan. Hey, dude, just get off of Twitter. Like, I just don't understand it. And it was a fan who was actually being positive, blindly optimistic about the Nets. Anyway, who cares about them? It's hot stove season. 877-337-6666. Gary is calling from Mayapet. Good morning, Gary. Hey, Sal. What's happening? Um, Thank you, Gary. Finally, I teed you up for it. You need to, to make amends for your last time that you, you said the Rangers suck, although they do. You happen to be accurate, but anyway. Absolutely. Thank you. I was going to mention last night you had an Islander fan, you know, going on and on and on, and you were whistling that in the background. <laughs> and I said, I wish Sal gives me another opportunity. Maybe yeah. my son will start Oh, there you me. go. I put it on a tee for you, and you knocked it out the park. I, I appreciate it. Listen, do you find it a little weird that we have not heard from the Grom via tweet, via Facebook, via one of the social media. No, he doesn't uh, care. I don't think DeGrom wants the attention. He's happy he got his money. He's probably looking at houses. Yeah, does he even have a social media account? I don't even know. This guy was idolized, but he doesn't say, you know, thank you to the fans, to the Met, to the city. You know, I find that very weird. I don't know. Eh, and, uh, maybe in due time, when he has his press conference, whatever that may be, maybe he'll say something about the Met. It's Thursday? No, oh, that's going to hurt. I don't. I don't want to watch that. Degrom Thursday. What time, Fleegs? Do we know what time that is? Nah, some at some point Thursday. What is today? So today's Wednesday. So tomorrow, Degrom will have that press conference. Oh boy! Well, that'll be the Baseball Night New York show on Thursday. And I'm sure we'll react to it here on Friday night or right. Friday morning. <laughs> Thursday night, Friday morning. You know who's gonna you know cry a river would be Evan. He'll he'll be watching that crying the river. Evan's got bigger issues to worry about with that freaking elbow of his. He's got to get that checked out. Then maybe he could worry about Degrom. Yeah. You see his yeah. elbow? Listen, he, Evan's got like a tennis ball growing out of his elbow. Are you serious? Yeah, no, I'm serious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I heard I heard uh, Craig and Evan talking about it today. Oh, it was mostly Craig talking about it. No, actually, Evan talked about it too. But they, you know, they were going on about it, and it, it's uh, you know, it's it's not easy on the eyes. It's actually gross to look at. Matter of fact, I'm glad I'm sitting in Craig's seat, and not Evan's, because whatever that is, I don't want any of it. That's scary for you to allow something to get that big because then it could be really troublesome. But the other thing I find really weird is that we lost like four pitches recently. The first one, Wheeler. Did he come back to the Mets and and have us, you know, make the last offer? I don't think so. The Mets were never the Mets were never in on Wheeler. Remember, this was that, that was BC before Cohen. Okay, true, but Max was not BC. And Cohen was really ticked off that he didn't come back and allow us. Who? Matt. Oh, Mats. Yeah, Mats and Matt. uh, Mats and Syndergaard. Yeah. Well, Mats exactly. Matt. They were disrespected by Mats, and you're right. Cohen was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" That was really the first time. That was Cohen's initiation into how free agency could work. Where you think, "All right, this guy wants to be here. Nice guy. Yeah, we offered you a good deal." And then, boom! You never hear from the agent. They just basically spurn you. And he went to right? uh, St. Louis. And Cohen, you know what? Cohen learned from it, and he went on to bigger and better. I think Max went to Toronto. First. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Wait, did he go to Toronto? And then, then he went to St. Louis? Yeah, I like, believe so. Yeah. I guess so, whatever. Isn't, yeah. he, isn't he with St. Louis now? Now I think he is, but I think he yeah, I forget the went. timeline, wherever, whatever. See, Matt's left. The point, was, the point was Cohen thought he had him and because Matt's people were telling him so, and then they got used. Right. And the same thing, Syndergaard begged us to give him the qualifying offer, and then he just signs that deal with the Angels, and he never comes back. And now Syndergaard didn't, hasn't come back and let us match. I find it just very weird. And and you know what, Chris Bassett, now, if you if he had the year he had and then pitched well against Atlanta and in the playoffs, we'd be back in the truck up to keep this guy. Two bids. Thoughts. I like him. I don't like what he said about every start in New York is like life and death. That that's not cool. But compared to what's out there, offering Tyone the kind of money that he's Tyone stinks. He's got a four ERA. You know, some guys just get wins. I don't think Carrasco's that good, and he had sixteen wins. Sometimes things break your way, and you get the wins. Sometimes you don't. 
And I also feel you made a point about Judge. If the Yankees lose Judge, they have to make the big splash. I feel the same way with the Mets. They lost the Grom. They have to make a big well, splash. Well, they did. They and, did with Verlander. But, Where are the Yankees making that, that big splash? But that's only two years, Sal. That's like $86 million. I'm talking no, about No, but that's a big, big splash. That is the Mets' big splash. I mean, outside of potentially getting Shohei Otani, I don't think there's going to be another big splash for the Mets. They'll get Kodai Senga. Let's assume they get him. I'd be disappointed at this point if they don't. But that's not a big splash either. I mean, they may get, or they may bring Nimmo back, or if not Nimmo, replace him with a decent outfielder. That's not a big splash. Big splash is Verlander. Big splash for the Yankees, Rodon. Obviously, Judge coming back, an enormous splash. Big splash, Shohei Otani. The, the, that move right now is not there for the Mets. I don't think they're going to make that big splash move. I think it is there, but I think a guy like Dansby Swanson or a Carlos, Correa, uh, Carlos Correa. And where are you putting put them? them put them at third base. They'll, you know what? You give them enough money, they'll play third. Nah, I don't know about that. I like Beatty. Nah, I don't know, Gary. I don't think that. And now, look, could they do it? Sure, I don't think it's going to happen. And thank you for the call. As always, appreciate checking in. I don't think that's realistic. The Mets are not going to go out there and get a guy and play him out of position. And, who, by the way, who knows if they even want to play out of position? You saw what happened with Trey Turner. Clearly, he wanted to play short. Well, that may not have been the case in San Diego. And he's going to get the opportunity in Philadelphia. It took less money to play short in Philadelphia than to stay, with, than to stay in the West Coast and go to San Diego. I mean, I'm sure he's buddies with Bryce Harper, too. They're probably BFF, so that had a part in it. But anyway, you don't know if these guys want to play out of position. And I firmly believe that the Mets will make a splash move, have the resources for another big splash move, but that it's going to be Shohei Otani. That's the guy that they want. Whether it's at the trade deadline or via free agency, assuming he gets there at the end of the year. Eli is calling from Washingtonville. What's up, Eli? Hey, Sal. What's going on? How are you, Eli? Uh, not good. Not good, man. The Yankee thing is a disaster. You know how I feel about Brian Cashman. I called you time and time again. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, saying that the guy's an idiot. And I still hold to that belief. Because, uh, listen, you, you hit it on the head. Judge should have been signed a long time ago. You know, they, they, they gave extensions to Severino. Um, they gave extensions to to, uh, to this guy at that, that center field. What's the center field's name? Um, Aaron Hicks. Mind. We all hate Aaron, yeah, Aaron Hicks. Yeah. yeah, and both of these guys were her freaks. And they invest so much on Judge with the gimmicks, Judge's Chamber, and all this nonsense. And then you're not going to sign him early in his, career, in, in his career like every other young superstar yeah i don't get it i don't know why they waited for it to get to that point and then when they had the opportunity prior to his walk year i mean if i'm judge i'm probably saying hey guys you know what i'm not even discussing anything i'm hitting free agency i'm a year away i'm gonna bet on myself yet judge who wanted to be here and wanted a long-term lucrative offer clearly because they were negotiating was willing to do it, and the Yankees just came in way, way low to a point where Judge had to say, screw this, I'm betting on myself. Like, this is not close to what I think I'm worth. I'm a $300 million player. And and listen, uh, uh, even more of a disaster that every day that Judge does this decision or waits on this decision, the worse and worse it gets for the Yankees. Because the players are dropping like flies right now. Well, I mean, and, there, there's plenty of guys left still. None of the guys the Yankees really wanted are off the board. Well, but anyway, it's just if, if if we expect Cashman to pivot and have a plan B, it's going to be a disaster either way. Because what they what happened when he uh, pivoted with Cano, he signed Ellsbury, which was a, a disaster. What happened when he didn't get Otani? He brought in Staten, which is another a contract uh, financial disaster. This guy is not a smart GM, and I'm telling you, I don't know what he has on the sign burners. That uh, listen, even if you're my brother or my sibling or whatever, if you're throwing my money down the drain 
and you just make my team constantly adequate because that's what the Yankees are. Every season when on the Brian Cashman, they're just adequate. Adequate to make, you know. I don't know about that. I think you're over the top a little bit, Eli, with the negativity, and thank you for the call. And, look, I agree that it was time to make a change, but I'm not saying the Yankees needed to get rid of Brian Cashman because of the results necessarily because of the all the moves that he's made. Now, like every GM, there's some good, there's some bad. He's found some diamonds in the rough. He's made some horrific decisions. Unlike other GMs, he has an endless pit to work with. So when everybody brings up, oh, look at his record, look at this, look at that. Yeah, well, not every team's got the resources Brian Cashman has had. Some do, or some have close. Not every team's got what the Yankees have. I'd like him to go somewhere else just so we could really find out the genius of Brian Cashman. Turn the Pirates into a, a perennial playoff contender. Then I'll talk about you know how great of a GM he is. But I wanted to move on from Cashman more so because it was time for a change. The same way he told Joe Girardi, we're moving on. That's what somebody should have told him. But they didn't, and here we are. Marco, you like Cashman? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't hate him as much as most Yankee fans do, but it was time for him to go. It's been time for a while. Yeah, I thought but I don't I, think he's ever going anywhere. I thought after the season where they lost to the Red Sox, because that was a, in the, the wild card round two years ago, mm-hmm. because that was a bad regular season, mm-hmm. which they never have. Mm-hmm. It's always good regular season, disappointment in the postseason. Right. And it was the same thing, same team, pounding his head against the wall, Sanchez and Glaber, all these, Luke Voigt, the same guys, producing a regular season, postseason, they'll get it done. After that regular season, which I thought was a failure, they should have moved on from Cash. I'm not arguing with you, but I've never really felt that the Yankees were ever close to getting rid of Cash. I have a little theory, and it's just me. It's it's not like I yeah. have bases. My theory is I feel like Cashman's never going anywhere simply because that's the last decision that George made that's still there for Hal Steinbrenner, and I think he's scared to move on from Cashman. And do it on his own? Because I don't think he knows what the hell to do. And I think Cashman is the security blanket. But it's It's the last decision that his dad made. He knows his dad trusted him. He knows that George basically handed the keys to Cashman. And Hal knows once he gets rid of cash, it's simply on Hal. And I don't think he knows what to do exactly. And he has Cashman there to take all the bullets because he's not really sure what to do on his own. I actually think that that's a well-thought-out, excellent theory. I don't think that that's probably far from the truth. Now, we don't know that. I mean, that's, you're just speculating, but I think it adds up. Makes sense. I mean, one a- aspect of it would be, hey, my dad right now would fire his rear end and everybody right. else's. Right. But if that's the last move your father made when he was in charge, he trusted this guy, obviously. And it's not like they're winning 68 games. I right. mean, right. they've also been in the postseason every year. There's still there's a way to justify Cashman still being there. It's not like he's completely failed right. on every level. He's failed on the Yankee level of winning championships, but he puts them in contention. He makes moves that, you know, again, he'll he's good. Like, Cashman makes me nuts simply because he'll find the Wandy Peraltas that the Giants had no idea could pitch, right. and he's your, you know, one of the biggest cogs in the bullpen. Sure. Clay Holmes, right. off the scrap heap from the Pirates. Like, he finds guys. Luke Voigt, Matt Carpenter. These there's guys a million. Are, yeah, op- yeah. Every time he finds somebody, the plug and play, he'll find the Trevino. Like, yeah, oh, right. You know, and then he just doesn't get it when it comes to making that big decision, it feels like, to get him up over the top. And he makes that mistake, whether it's the Ellsbury deal, the Donaldson deal. Like, there's too All many the trades time- they make with the A's. Yeah, there's too many times where it just comes up short. Instead of going after the, the big fish in Verlander, you know what? No, we can do it with Sonny Gray. And that blows right. up in your face. Pineda, and, and Paxton. Right. Instead of going again, Castillo last year. No, 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 we can do it with Montas. Like, he never seems to go up and over the top. And again, and that's partly, is that cash? Is that how? We don't really know. We think it's Cashman because he makes the move. But is he also taking the bullet for Hal Steinbrenner that said, you can't have Bryce Harper, so figure out what you want to do? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't yeah, maybe. know. We I think don't, we don't know that. And I think you're right. Once Cashman, look, at some point, I think he's going to move on. He can't just be here for a while. At some point, something's got to give. Although, I guess, let's say they win a World Series in the next couple of years, then. Again, I, I feel like, uh, until somebody proves me otherwise, I feel like Cash is here until he doesn't want to do this anymore. I really, truly believe that. But your point is well taken because let's just say Cashman wanted to retire. He's had enough. Or not right. even retire, he just wanted out. He wanted a fresh start. Right. He wanted a challenge. He wanted to go rebuild Epstein. the Pirates. Right. Or yeah, right, exactly. 
Hal then has to pick the guy. Mm-hmm. And he's and, never done it. And then it's all on Hal. Right. And right now it's on Hal because they want him to fire Cashman. But then it could become on Hal because, hey, what the hell are you doing picking this particular guy? And he'll be in the crosshairs even more. And also, too, like, is he really involved that deeply on a day-to-day basis? I don't know the answer to that. Cashman obviously takes care of the day-to-day. If Hal Steinbrenner has to make a move, does he have the faith that he picks the right guy to be that 100% involved in the day-to-day and I don't have to worry about it? Because right now he doesn't worry about it with Cashman because he trusts him. Right. And I don't. And he's never made that move before, so does he bring in somebody that he can truly trust? Maybe he's afraid of that. I mean, there is a little bit to be said for, you know, having to do that for the first time. And maybe, you know, let's, it, it depends how Cashman leaves, if and when that ever does actually happen, but... Maybe they go from within, and then you're having basically the same thing again. It's just not Brian which Cashman. Is, that they can't do that. Which is pointless. You might as exactly. well have Brian Cashman because right. at least he could find the Wandy Peralta. And I heard somebody say, I don't know if it was driving in listening to Keith or whatever it was, but or Cardinal Roberts, I forget. It must have been Keith in the five minutes it took me for, to get from SNY to here. And they were talking about, like, oh, just hire the next guy in waiting under Cashman. I'm thinking, no, that's absolutely not. That's pointless. The whole idea is to get a new voice, a new vision in. If you're going to get rid of Cashman, you clean house completely. 100%. Everybody gets out and everybody's brand new. Now, I, I don't know if the new way is going to succeed, but the point would be is that the old way is not. So right. let's just try something completely new, completely fresh. Let's roll the dice and let's see what we got. If you're just going to go to the next guy in line, well, you might as well just stay with Cash because you know at least he can handle the job. Right. I mean, really, what's the point? You're going to have the same vision. You're going to have the same team. So you might as well let Cashman, who actually does the little things properly, just let him stay out there. Right. You know, the, the whole point of changing, that's kind of what I was saying. It's not necessarily performance-based, as odd as that is. It's that he's been here forever. Mm-hmm. They haven't gotten over the hump. Clearly, something is missing, whatever that may be, preventing them to getting to them. It's not just injuries or bad luck or uh, the crapshoot that is the postseason. Something is clearly missing, and they need a new vision, a new voice to figure it out. And, in, and as long as Cashman's here or the guys that are under him, it's just not going to change. 